and a very warm welcome to the latest episode of our podcast. It's in fact the first podcast to be published in our new name of Work Life Stories. We've changed our name from City Parents to Work Life Central in order to better reflect our much broader topic range and membership base, which is no longer limited to city firms nor just to parents. So in line with our company name change, our podcast is changing from City Parents Talk to Work Life Stories. Now to today's episode. I'm completely delighted to be joined by Michael Johnson Ellis. Michael is the co-founder of Two Dads UK, My Surrogacy Journey and The Modern Family Show. He's father to three children. Katie is a stepdaughter and Tallulah and Duke were born with help of a surrogate and egg donors. Michael and his husband Wes spent three years researching surrogacy before commencing their own fertility journey in 2015. And they've since set out to support others through their own journeys to parenthood and also campaign for change to make the process better as well. Michael, you and Wes are so passionate about this topic and work so hard to help improve the system for others. So I'm really looking forward to hearing all about all that you do. So thank you so much for joining me. Let's start at the beginning, if that's OK, and tell us a little bit about your own experience of surrogacy, which enabled you to build your family with Tallulah and Duke. Okay, um, well, we, when Wes and I first got together, um, it was apparent that I wanted children, and I asked that fairly early on, um, and we, or I specifically, didn't want to adopt, I wanted to explore surrogacy, um, and we began that process of looking and investigating what, what surrogacy looked like in the UK and internationally, but it very quickly, it was quite clear that international surrogacy really wasn't for us. It was out of reach financially. And there were countries which just we weren't comfortable with how they were operating. So we decided that the UK was the best route for us. And we began this journey of, of diving deep into Google and online and understanding surrogacy. And, and it was a minefield. And it, it was at times quite a overwhelming frightening place to be and just that whole not knowing what to do right from the get-go it was apparent that there was a real lack of support when it came to supporting two men initially um but then once we we got deeper it was clear that the support for everyone needed improving and that's why we committed to do what we do now i'm conscious that through all your different roles that you do, and indeed your own podcast, you must hear people's different situations and their own sort of journeys and stories um, all the time. Are there particular challenges and issues that you hear a lot that people come across? And which of those are the ones that have you felt require this um, change in the system that you're lobbying for, for reform for? Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, of course. So when when you choose surrogacy as that route to family build, um, and, and I guess if you're coming at this from a heterosexual infertility avenue, you're often coming from loss and grief and infertility, obviously. And surrogacy was never how you wanted to have your family. So there's a lot of grief uh, understandably that comes with that whereas when you're LGBTQ and you're looking at surrogacy it's a celebration it's the first point of having a family but the similarities in terms of the frustrations and the lows are the same and the main one is the frustration with the current 
law. Mm-hmm. And, and obviously those that know surrogacy in the UK it is completely legal, but it's the legal system within it is not fit for purpose and not reflective of, of, of modern Britain. So parental responsibility is the, the biggest issue that people are faced with and don't often understand that when a surrogate or any person that gives birth, they are considered the legal mother of that child. And if that surrogate has a spouse, then their spouse is the other legal parent. And that is quite daunting when you are an intended parent, particularly, I think, if you are an intended mother and you're faced with infertility, and then you have to then go through another round of anxiety waiting for that parental order to be granted when you are then the legal mother of that child that's the common um challenge and frustration and the other is just the unknown and just knowing where to even start or who to trust or do you use an organization do you do traditional surrogacy where you do home insemination or you know do you need an egg donor there are all of these various components that that are multifaceted and just they feed one another and that's how you get very lost online when looking into surrogacy because it is this minefield and it's really important that surrogacy obviously is not exploitative in any way but and and that also goes for intended parents being exploited because they're also vulnerable and it's just making sure that um, everybody on a route to parenthood through through this particular mechanism is supported and that's why we go above and beyond in, in making sure that that's done really really interesting and and the the legal standing that you mentioned is that what you've been working towards which has the the, the draft bill coming in october and Correct. what will that look like what are you hoping that will look like so we've been working with the all-party parliamentary group for the surrogacy law reform and the law commission um, since 2016 now, and we we were fortunate to get invited to House of Parliament to, to 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 contribute to what needs to change, as well as a whole load of other individuals. Um, but after the round of consultations with the law commission in 2019, it was quite clear that overwhelmingly there was a support for surrogacy. Um, but there was obviously a support for the parental responsibility being the biggest um, change needed. As well as that, though, there, there's a number of other areas that we hope get addressed. And one of them is being able to have double donation when it comes to having a child through surrogacy. And what that means is um, the parental level pathway currently states that one person has to be legally uh, sorry, genetically linked to that child. All right, yeah. And where that is unfortunate too is if you're trans and you want to have children through surrogacy and you need egg and sperm donors, or if you're uh, a woman who now has to resort to egg donation because they may be more mature or there's a reason why, but they all, they're also single and need a sperm donor, that would have then excluded that individual as well. So yeah. The, the the thinking is from some of the feedback that double donation will be will be hopefully allowed as will parental responsibility from birth um and a more defined parental order pathway so uh, a 
pathway for those that choose to have surrogacy through a registered surrogacy organization and a separate pathway for those people that choose not to. And what that means is if you've got the added protection and assurances of a, of a surrogacy organization, um, you qualify for the parental responsibility at birth and some of those um, newer regimes that are that are proposed so they're some of the main ones obviously we also hope that the advertising of surrogates is relaxed because at the moment it's illegal to do so so whilst there are so many people wanting to be a surrogate and so many people wanting to be an intended parent it's hard to sometimes connect the two without breaking the law so we hope that that's also addressed as well to raise more awareness about surrogacy and to ensure that people do it for the right reasons and are not coerced and that can go on to this pathway to help a, a set of intended parents to have a family. Sounds like real progress and real change effort. Does it feel that way to you? Does it feel like a long road? I'm sure. But with the developments in October, that feels like quite a milestone. It does. It's been um, an absolute mission, as you can imagine. Uh, it's been slow and it's not helped with the pandemic. It's not helped with Brexit because that everything was on track. And then we had all of these, you know, the political calendar just dramatically changed. And that had then a knock on effect to everything else. Change of prime minister, um, you know, then, then Brexit, then COVID. That's obviously pushed everything back a little bit further. And if the draft bill comes out on time in October, it's then still got to go through mm. a system. So it's still probably not going to be um, new legislation, hopefully, and for probably another 18 months, 24 months after that. So there's yeah. still a way to go. But, you know, as I've mentioned, overwhelmingly, the government are for altruistic surrogacy. So it, it will still remain altruistic and won't be commercial, which we're happy about. But what is good is that there's these defined new routes for the parental order pathway um, that address all of the, the options. And it's it's still not perfect, but it's it's as good as what I think we can get at, at the moment. I'm so conscious that, you know, you're obviously taking your experience and 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 channeling it for progress and and for good, but you know, legal reform that feels quite far from your original surrogacy journey. Remind me, Michael, what's your your background, sort of professional background? Have you do you feel you've just had to learn a whole new set of skills, or have you been able to bring things forward? <laughs> Absolutely. So my my background was before I had children, I was a business development director for a medical recruitment firm. I worked in London. I then went on to have my own recruitment business in the fertility space. So I was already already connected to the fertility sector. Mm -hmm. And then when we had the children, I very quickly, or certainly with Tallulah, we understood what was wrong. And I then started developing the network. So I do not have a legal background, but my network now is very much in some of those circles. And, and we've developed through my surrogacy journey, the surrogacy network, which is the only um, professional networking circle for professionals linked to surrogacy and whether that's law firms or fertility clinics or ambassadors or intended parents we've got this professional network now where all of these organizations now come together and the law commission and the hfea have been to every single networking one that we do every quarter 
which wow. goes to show that everyone was needing this to bring surrogacy together tighter. Um, and we've, you know, we've had some really good events and that, yeah, they, they just seem to be what the, what these professionals really, really needed. Fantastic. That was very engaged. That's yeah, you're right. That's proof is in the pudding, isn't it? And, and speaking of events, the, the modern family show, another one under your network of businesses, tell us a little bit more about that and what, what's coming up. Of course. Thank you. So the modern family show we created uh, in 2019 and that was created to help lgbtq plus people navigate their family building choices so whether it was adoption co-parenting ivf iui surrogacy we wanted to create a safe space that was um there where people could come and talk to professionals whether that was fertility clinics or lawyers or egg banks about the various options that were were around for them so the first show took place in london in 2021 and it was really successful it helped over 500 people we've got it happening again this year on the 10th of september and you can see more information at um, themodernfamilyshow.com and the show is also going to san francisco so it goes to san francisco on the 29th of october and uh, this year uh, again with the same mission but i guess the the surprising thing for many is that these this is the only show of its kind in Europe and North America. Nothing like it exists that is so tailored for for this community. So we're we're proud of what it's achieving, and it's definitely educating people about what they can do and and what they thought they couldn't do, and and hopefully giving some hope that that family building, however they choose, is absolutely possible. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. And as you know, WorkLife Central's membership base is people working for corporate firms who are wanting to balance home and, and life. Lots of them are parents and all sort of have different sort of shapes and sizes of families, I suppose. You know, love to hear your views on the, the corporate world and all of this. What does corporate and employer support look like in this um, space? Do you think do you think employers are doing enough? Do you think pe- employees feel well supported? No, not not at all. I think there's a real disconnect with employers supporting people, particularly that from my community, but also those that are undergoing fertility treatment generally, you know, those that have to have time off for egg collection, for scans, for, for treatment. Um, I think a lot of employers still overlook that, that employee base because there's fear that you're having to, put on the radar that you're wanting a family and how are you going to be viewed or there's then the additional pressure that you have that time off in secret and you take it out of your annual leave entitlement and again that's unfair as well you know this this isn't necessarily a choice if this is coming from infertility this is a disease yeah and there's an absolute need for better support in the workplace um, emotionally practically and professionally that policy definitely needs changing Mm, interesting yeah we hear we hear about the topic a lot from from our corporate members and I think our sort of sense of it is that that there's a lot of you know interest in in the policy level catching up a little bit probably not going far enough but whether it sort of filters down to the day-to-day the actual working culture as I think it's a difficult question and I was actually conscious we're running an article in, in the next few weeks which was all about 
bringing your whole self to work. You know, people love this idea. And I think the pandemic has helped to shine a light on the fact that people have personal lives and it impacts work and you can't kind of treat them entirely separately anymore, which is some of the premise actually of our unique company name. And, and, and actually the author of this particular article was saying, well, that's all very well bringing your authentic self to work if it fits a particular mold, but actually, you know, from her point of view, she was talking about race and the different ethnic backgrounds that people have and how comfortable that people really feel about bringing their whole self to work. What, what do you think um, about that concept? There's a lot of talk about it and there's, you know, um, you know, you like the idea of it, do we? But it's still quite difficult, particularly in a corporate environment that's been very, you know, white, straight men, really. Let's be honest. Totally. And, and, and I think it, it's a lovely thought bringing your authentic self to work but that's all well and good if you're coming from a privileged position of being mm -hmm. cisgendered male white if you fall outside of that then bring your authentic self but not your full authentic self to work because that will make people feel uncomfortable that's kind of then the, the messaging that I hear because having I worked in a very toxic masculine environment and to then add to the mix, I wanted to be a parent and I wanted nine months off with my child was unheard of. And that's still happening. You know, I, I guess I was witnessing what women have been experiencing all of their life. Um, that, that judgment of wanting a family and how that would make other people feel and how me feel so threatened of my own role or the lack of if I were to return I think it's all well and good stating that but I think we've we're still not there yet I think mm. the majority of organizations that that can genuinely say bring your authentic self or be your authentic self at work without fear of being judged is minimal if I'm being totally yeah. honest yeah I think you're right Think you're right long way to go so I suppose I'm um, thinking of some some positive advice for any listeners that we've got that might be either it might be somebody in a gay couple for example who were interested in building a family or maybe the colleague of of somebody that they felt um you know wanted to be a bit more open about um their sexuality or their family setup at work what what positive advice have you got for for either you know, either of those scenarios, really, particularly thinking about the more corporate environment that our members um, are part of. So I, I think when it comes to family building, my experiences were, were challenging, but I think it could have been definitely made easier if I was seeking out some professional support and advice to help me with that and there's a number of organizations that exist now that do that um, one of them is, is ours but there are, there are there are others in terms of support in the workplace or if someone is listening that is needing support um, then there's a number of organizations that can also assist with that now that that didn't previously there are some great fertility professional spaces now where you can seek the right advice and your employer can also engage with them to create fit for purpose policy. That's definitely something that I'm seeing change now. I'm happy for people to reach out, get in contact and I can share those details without a doubt, or if you want them in the show notes, I can also whack those over as well. Um, but there is, there are more and more organizations now designed to help 
not only my community, but those trying to conceive and need better work-life support. There are people out there. Definitely don't lose hope. Definitely don't give up and, and certainly reach out to them. They can assist. Fantastic. It's very inspiring. Thank you. And on a final note, I'm conscious we've talked about my surrogacy journey and we've talked about the Modern Family Show. Tell us about Two Dads UK, which is really how I came across you originally. Tell us a little bit more about, about that organisation. So Two Dads UK was the start of everything. That's when we had Tallulah. That was the Instagram account that we created to tell our story of our, our pathway to parenthood. And it was designed to usualize the topic of surrogacy and same-sex parenting and we very quickly realized by doing a couple of tv documentaries using that brand and some ad campaigns that more people needed to understand this topic so two does uk grew arms and legs and began to be the forefront of everything that we did um, and it now represents the fertility industry for gay men in terms of working with fertility clinics to ensure that policy is LGBTQ plus compliant, that regulators know who we are, um, and that that pathway for gay men um, is considered. And that's what Two Dads UK has continued to do, as well as campaigning for the law reform and for the increased numbers of baby changing in male bathrooms, you know, that sort of stuff. You know, we've been really campaigning for dad causes really and we predominantly now work in that fertility space whilst it's still being an account to show people that you know gay dads make incredible parents and this is how we did it that's wonderful i think that's that's everything that i wanted to cover is there anything else that you particularly wanted to add michael i think uh, thank you you know all, what i would say is that surrogacy can be a, a bit of a complex path to navigate yourself through. There's plenty of resource available online. And if you go to the, the gov.uk guidance, there it, there it lists the four organizations to reach out to. There's an organization there that fits anyone's uh, budget and anyone's pathway. So by all means, check that out too. Thank you so much for joining me today, Michael. I've really enjoyed it. And I'm sure that our listeners will have found your thoughts, your expertise and your huge experience so valuable. And thank you to our listeners as well. If you'd like to find out more about Worklife Central, please do visit us at worklifecentral.com and you can see more on our live programme of talks, our on-demand content and library of expert articles and podcasts just like this one. And if you'd like to find out more about Michael Johnson-Ellis and his husband, Wes, do visit Two Dads UK. Um, the next Modern Families show, as Michael mentioned, is on the 10th of September in London, followed by the 29th of October in San Francisco. They're always looking for corporate partners who are keen to demonstrate their support for LGBTQ families. So if you're interested in hearing more, please do get in touch. And that's all from me. Thank you very much and goodbye.